If you can, open up your Bibles. Go to Exodus chapter 12. I have a, a word for you that I believe is going to be impactful. Impactful in your life that you'll never be the same again. And it's, it's a word of, of, of healing and, and deliverance and freedom that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 21, then, then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Say, the destroyer will not come into my house because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Moses had told the people to prepare themselves that this was part of the, the, the reward of the un of the unrighteous. This is part of the reward of the Egyptians because they would not let them go. So God had said, get a, a sacrifice, sacrifice it, put the blood in a basin, and then mark the doorposts and the, the lintel of the house. And everyone that's in the house, when the, the angel of death comes, he will see the blood and he will pass over to the next one. Every house that has the blood of the sacrifice, the angel has to pass over it. Cannot enter into it and cannot kill. And so everyone that was in the house was safe. Although others were dying outside the house, everyone in the house was safe. Today, I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus, the payment of death for mankind, but I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus in overcoming guilt and shame. Right now, we are inundated with the pain of humanity on almost every channel that we turn on. There's a, a terrible, a terrible scandal. A, a doctor molested Olympic athletes over years, hundreds of them. These young ladies that all they wanted to do is play the sport they love, but and they trusted their parents and they trusted their, their officials and they trusted this doctor and he was found to molest over a hundred and 25 women sentenced to years beyond life. And for the past, I believe, two weeks, these women, one by one, just testified about what he had done to them. Over and over, every one of them said, you took away our innocence. And even though we, we see that playing out on TV, we all know that this is something that society, especially where in the United States, suffers from. Very few people grow up without having 
one of these situations happen to them or they were tempted to do this to others. We over-sexualized our culture, so sex became something that it was something to explore. And it wasn't reverent and holy. And, and because marriage is not reverent and holy, sex became something to explore, even at the expense of hurting someone else. So we have a lot of people that are growing up with wounds. People have shame of things they've done to others, and people have shame of things that have been done to them, and many that have both. I, I saw this, uh, this video of uh, this young man, strong young man. This man had been in so many street fights, almost a fighter. Just, he just fought over and over and over. But all over his body, almost every part of his body was marked with knife wounds. Because he would fight anybody that he could fight every day. But then when he was left alone and he would look himself in the mirror, he would cut himself with knives. Not little cuts. I'm talking about wounds that took staples to, to put back together and stitches. And some even went all the way to the, to the bone. And, and he said, I've been like this because when I was a little kid, there was a man that raped me. And when I look in the mirror, I see the little kid who was raped. And even though I'm up, I'm, 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 I'm grown up and, and I have strength and, I, and you know, I, I, could, I could hurt anybody. But every time I look in the mirror, I still see what happened to me as a kid. And I can't kill that kid, but I'm trying every day to kill him. And that's what's happening in the lives of people. We wonder why we have the worst drug epidemic ever in the history of the world. We have so many drugs that are mental drugs. People are taking things, they say, I need pain reliever, even though there's nothing wrong with their body because the pain is not in the physical, the pain is up in here. So many drugs are operating, you know, in, in, in our society, the United States of America, that even the Great Lakes, they, the fish that they catch out of the fish have opium in the, in the fish because of the runoff that runs into the lakes. We are in an epidemic. We are in a, in a place of death. But there's deliverance. There's healing. There's freedom from the past. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't have to stay dead. We could come alive again. That old man could be, could be wiped away. The Bible says if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are made, made brand new. How? The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Just like the, the Hebrew people. As long as they marked the doorposts of their, ho their, their house with the sacrifice of the blood, that the angel of death could not come into that house. When we apply the blood of Jesus upon the doorposts of our hearts, death cannot come into our life. Death cannot touch us. The pain of yesterday is no longer. We have been made new in Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because there's no reason that you should suffer from shame or guilt when Jesus took it all to the cross. Amen. 
The blood was payment for death. And that's all that is needed. You don't have to pay again. Amen. Hallelujah. Death was paid in full by the blood. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds that we can worship, so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. This is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive eternal inheritance. God has promised them for Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they committed under the first covenant. Jesus, he laid down his life. The Bible says that he took our infirmities, which are sicknesses and our diseases. He took our sins, but the Bible says that he carried our griefs. He carried our shame. He carried our sorrows. He took it all. We thought, the, the word of God says that the world thought that it was for his own mistakes, but he had no mistakes. He took it for you. He took it for me. He took everything that we are not proud of, the things that people have done to us or the things that we have done to others. He took all of that to the cross. He carried it all. The world wants a reason why you did it or why someone did that to you. The world wants to try to kill that person and destroy that person and, and, and say, you know, the, 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 the punishment comes upon them as if that they will pay for the punishment will set you free. You know, you could be abused and the person that abused you could die, but yet you could still carry the shame and the guilt and the stain of what happened yesterday. You could be someone that someone took advantage of, and, and, and that person could have been taken advantage by everybody else, but still it would not heal the wound that's inside of you because you have to understand that person that wounded was wounded. That person that hurt was hurt. That person that operated in death was a person that was overcome by death. It's not their fault. It's the fault of the devil. It's the fault of the curse of death. It's the fault of the pain of humanity. But I want to tell you, there is an answer. The answer is not trying to get the other person to act good. The answer is in Jesus Christ. The answer is someone who comes before the Lord and allows the blood of Jesus to heal them, to cleanse them, to set them free of the past. You don't have to be broken in Christ Jesus. Jesus, set, Jesus died on the cross so that you can live. There's victory in the name of Jesus. 
And so when other people say, what about your past and the shame and the guilt? Don't you, don't you know what you did? Don't you know what people did to you? Yeah, yeah, all that story, that's, that's old news. Let me tell you the good news. Jesus Christ is alive. He overcame the grave, and now he lives inside of me. When the enemy says, yeah, but that time that you did this, the blood. But that time that that person did this, the blood. But, but what about those things that, that you know you shouldn't have done when you were a kid and you end up, the blood. Don't make me get out of the house of faith. When this is my place of victory. You have to understand, Jesus, he died on the cross for you because he loves you. He carried your, your weaknesses to the cross. The Bible said he took captivity captive. What was holding you captive? What addiction has been holding you captive? What fear has been holding you captive? What perversion has been holding you captive? What brokenness has been holding you captive? He took captivity captive. The thing that took you captive, Jesus took it captive. That thing that's been trying to pull you to death, that addiction that's been trying to pull you, pull you to, to a place of, 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 of complete, utter darkness, Jesus grabbed it by the hair and said, you're coming with me. Some people wonder, why did Jesus, have, why was he, why, why did he, was he suffered so much going to the cross? I'm telling you, that was captivity kicking and screaming, trying to get, let go. Trying to say, please, please don't take us to the cross. I'm telling you, because Jesus knew what he was doing. When man thought that, when the devil thought he was killing Jesus, Jesus said, no, I'm sealing your death warrant right here. I'm breaking the chain that you have over mankind. You will no longer have any more power over them. I'm setting them free, and I'm getting ready to give an offering that you cannot. I'm, this offering is so great, it pays for more than all their sins and all the sins of mankind even multiply. This offering can take care of it. This what I'm about ready to give will pay for all their debt, and that's my blood. I'm going to give my blood for the freedom of mankind. For God so loved you that he gave Jesus and his holy, precious blood that whoever believes him, in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the people, of the, the Hebrew people, they could have heard Moses and they could have applied the blood on the doorposts. And then walked out of the house. I did everything he told me to say. Uh, he told me to do. I put the blood on there. But now, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go visit my friend that's an Egyptian down the street. And what would have happened to them? They would have died. The angel of death would have visited that, that, that family. Why? Because he did not stay in the house. Here's the thing. Every one of us have some sort of remembrance of something that does not belong to us. Of shame and guilt and hurt, pain. Someone might have taken advantage and molested you or, or you might have done it for Every one of us have something that, 
the enemy had sown into our life to destroy us. But if you will stay in the house of faith, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, even when the thoughts and the remembrance start to come, you begin to lift up the blood of Jesus Christ, and you will see that it will not touch you. The pain will not touch you. The guilt will not touch you. The shame will not touch you. When you start recognizing what Jesus did for you, when guilt, see, you have to understand, the enemy can only mess with your mind. And so he'll come with a thought and he'll say, aren't you ashamed of what you did back then? You could say, I was ashamed, but I gave it to Jesus, and the blood of Jesus has set me free. But you did this, but he did that. There was a, a young lady. Her, her mother and her family wasn't, was not good, so she got taken away, and she was placed in foster care. She was young. And so she grew up in foster care, and she went from one family to another family because she would be put in a family, and that family would begin to molest her. And then social services would find out about it and pull her out of that and put her in another family, and she got molested again. She went to three or four families, and every family molested her. And that's what she grew up knowing. She didn't know any different. One day she got pulled out of, that fa of, of a terrible family, and she got put into a family. And this family loved Jesus. And they showed her what true love was. They showed her the love of Jesus Christ. They prayed for her. They ministered to her. They introduced her to Jesus. She gave her life to the Lord. And she fell so in love with Jesus. And all the shame and the guilt and the pain that she grew up with, the Lord healed it all completely from her heart. She testifies. She says, I learned that God's love is greater than man's pain. God's love is greater than man's pain. But it happens because of what he's done for us. It's his blood. We have to apply the blood by faith. When the enemy tries to come with an attack, and see, he'll attack your conscience. He'll say, you know, you should feel guilty of, of the, no, you have to begin to apply the blood and say, no, Lord. Lord Jesus has set me free. The blood of Jesus has washed all my sins away. I'm a new creation. I apply the blood of Jesus Christ upon that situation. I do not carry the helmet of, of regret and, and, and desperation. I carry, I put on the helmet of salvation. And this helmet of salvation reminds me that I have victory in the name of Jesus. Reminds me that I have been forgiven. Reminds me that I have a hope and future in Christ Jesus. I'm not unprotected. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, which reminds me that he took it all to the cross, that all my sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. I'm reminded about who I am in Christ Jesus. Every time we recognize the blood of Jesus Christ, it purifies our mind of a guilty conscience. Because you have to understand that we have this flesh. The flesh is not who we are. It's like a vehicle. It allows us to do what we have to do in this world. My father used to explain, he said, the flesh is like a, a, a space suit. You're walking around. Like the astronauts walk on the moon. You can't walk in this world without the flesh. 
You have this flesh. But the flesh ain't the real you. You, got, you have a soul, which is your thoughts and your emotions. And you got a spirit, which is the one that's connected to God. That's the real you. That's the one that's, that's crying out to, Ab, to Abba Father. That spirit man on the inside of you. But the flesh will say, hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I want you to do this. The flesh is always, the flesh is like Eve listening to the devil. The devil's like, hey, look at that tree. Looks good to eat. You'll be just like God. Make you feel good. The flesh wants to always eat from the tree of knowledge. What is that experience over there? What can I do over there? What is, what is that and in the, in the midst of all those questions of the flesh asking to do things, it doesn't realize that it's breaking things, that it's doing things that will hurt and put shame and, and, and cause hurt and pain on others. I don't know about you, but I, have teen, I used to have teenage girls. They're old now. They're like in their 40s, 50s now. So what are they, how old are they? And, 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 but when my daughters were, were young teens, they would do something sometimes, and I would ask, I would say, Crystal, why did you do that? Glory, why did you do that? And they look at, I don't know. Do you all, ever, do you all have any teenagers that did that too? Are yours, yours old too? And you ask them, why did you do that? I don't know, and they sincerely don't know. They sincerely don't know. I remember when I was a teenager, I did some things, and they would ask me, why did you do that? I don't know. I remember I was, I was in the schoolyard with a, I, was, I wasn't a teenager. I was maybe about 10, 9, and I loved baseball, and I would play baseball all the time. And I was in the schoolyard at Ed Downs Elementary School in San Benito, Texas, and, and it, it had just rained, and and. It was a little muddy, and there was those, those mud rocks, you know. And I didn't have the baseballs, but I had mud rocks, you know. And, and, and my best friend, I'm not going to say his name because it's not a good story. Um, <laughs> Joey Camacho remembers that. We used to play, we used to play at Ed Downs all the time. And, and, and so he was, he was on where the basketball court was at Ed Downs, and I was at the ditch. And so it's like maybe about 15, 20 yards away. And I had mud rock. And he looked at me, and I'm, and I'm getting ready to go to baseball practice. And we had just been playing basketball. And he looked at me and he said, and, and, and he said I bet you can't hit me from there. <laughs> I bet I can. And I took that rock, and I threw it up in the air. And it was like slow motion. He just looked, 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 looked. Pow! It hit him. He began to bleed. He began to cry. I began to look for the coach so that I could hide. I ran to practice and you know it's bad when it hits you and, and you don't even hear anything. It's just. <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those. But next thing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm playing practice and I'm looking over at his house because I knew his dad was going to show up. I knew I was in trouble. Amen. I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. 
But you ask me, why did you throw it? I would say, because he told me to. Does that sound like wisdom? No. But it's just, there are things that we do, not because of any other reason, other, we just did it. And sometimes those things causes hurt and damage and shame. My brother, if you're watching and you're the one I hit, you know who I'm talking to? I'm sorry. I apologize. But see, we need the blood. We need the blood of Jesus. Because you have to understand, no matter how, how strong we might be and how great our life, we might be married and have family and might be doing strong, but then there's this one little thing in the past. And next thing you know, that one little thing in the past ends up destroying the rest of our future because we never allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to deal with that thing. But the blood of Jesus will cleanse us of a guilty conscience. It has to be covered by the blood. And so when we use our faith and we begin to apply the blood of Jesus Christ to whatever we are going through, whatever is attacking our life, whatever is trying to, to destroy our peace, whatever we have been guilty and we're ashamed of, and when we give it to God and we ask the Lord Jesus to forgive us and we claim his blood and we put it on the doorposts of our heart and say, Lord, I thank you that your blood was the payment, your death was the payment for all my failures and all my weaknesses and all my shame and all my guilt. I I know I did that thing to the past, but I'm not that same man that did that thing in the past. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I hold up your blood. Your blood is my freedom. Your blood is my healer. Your blood is my deliverer. Your blood washes all my sin away. All my shame away. Or others who have done to us. And we say, Lord, I know that that thing that he did, it has hurt me and has destroyed me. But, Lord, I hold up your blood that delivers me from the curse of death. That even though I might have gone through that, it will not be a part of my life. I am not a victim. I am a victor in Jesus' name. I am not defeated. I'm not under the brokenness that that person tried to put in my life. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. The blood sets me free. And I'm able to worship God. I'm able to love others. I'm not loving others as someone who's been victim, uh, who's a victim. I'm loving others because I've been set free. Freely I've received. Free, freely I give. He set me free and I'm able to set other people free. I know a preacher, he's one of the most, he has one of the most amazing stories of love. And I, I don't even understand how he was able to do this and able to do it to this day. Other than it's the love of Jesus Christ that is upon him. His wife rejected him. He had been preaching. He was in the ministry. They were growing in, in the fellowship and the faith. I mean, one of the biggest ministers in, in his nation. And his wife decided that she didn't want to be married to him. And she ran off with another man and applied for divorce and divorced him. But he never divorced her. She went on to have a life with this man, had two or three kids. 
Here he is broken, but yet still live, loving God and, and ministering, never holding anything bitter to, the, to his, 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 his ex-wife. She contracted a terrible disease. She lost all movements of her body. She, could, she couldn't even talk. And her husband left her with the kids. This pastor found her, abandoned, brought her home, brought her before the church and said, my wife is home. And these are my new children. How can he love someone who's shown so much hurt to him? How can he love someone who, is, who has abandoned him? The reason why he can love that great is because he has been loved that great. Amen. By Jesus Christ. Amen. And the blood of Jesus Christ remove all that guilt and all that shame and all that bitterness and all that brokenness, and he's able to receive her as a spotless bride, holy and righteous before the Lord. Amen. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ does for us. What are you dealing with today? Have you, put, have you allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to deal with it? Today, as we take communion, you, as you take that communion today, as we drink of that cup, you could say, Lord Jesus, let this day be the day of my deliverance. Lord Jesus, let this day be, this, this moment be the time that that thing that happened yesterday is forever covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Will no longer attack my mind, will no longer attack my heart. You have to understand when the enemy does these things, it's like your heart is wounded. And the enemy will come at times that you don't even expect. And it's like he, he, he. He removes the scab and it begins to bleed again. There is a hurt and a pain that nobody else knows. You could put a lot of bandages on it, but it's never completely whole. The only thing that will make it whole is the blood of Jesus Christ. You that are watching today at home, you could receive complete deliverance in Jesus' name. But you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have to apply his blood upon the doorpost of your heart by faith and accept his death as your life. In Jesus' name. He carried it to the cross for us. He loves us. Amen. Today's a new day in Jesus' name. Amen. No more guilt. No more shame. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to go and pass out the communion. And for those that are watching at home, if you, if you can, gather, gather something to drink and something to eat, a piece of bread, a cracker, orange juice, even some water. And we're going to take communion together. Because we're all part of the family of Christ. I might not know you, but God knows you. And I don't believe it's a mistake that you're watching this program today and hearing this word. I believe it's the plan of God to set you free. This is your moment of deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the ushers are passing out the communion to you, I want to read the scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, 
and they did not love their lives to the death. This is our victory, what Jesus has done for us. You have to understand that God is getting ready to turn your story around. Even though it might have oppressed you, even though it might have tried to destroy you, might have tried to destroy your family and destroy your future, God's getting ready to turn that shame into his glory. There's a lot of people that are wounded and hurt, but there's not a lot of people that have been healed and restored by Jesus Christ. But today's your day in the name of Jesus. I can see it now. Whatever brokenness has been happening in your life, whatever, maybe in your home, even your home, there's been a lot of hurt and pain because of something that has happened there. But I want to tell you that, that curse is coming off in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is going to set you free. You're going to be able to love again. You're going to be able to forgive again. You're going to be able to walk in victory again. This is a new day for all of us. The Bible says we overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I was watching a fight the other day, and uh, it, was, it was on TV, and the, there was one guy fighting another guy, and, and as they were fighting, one took, had advantage over the other, and, and he got on top of him, and he had him on the ground, and he began to hit him and hit him. But the guy on the ground, he used his skill and was able to outmaneuver the guy where the person that was on top of him was now on the bottom, and he was on top of the other. And he began to pound on the guy until the guy gave up. He overcame that man. I want to tell you, you're going to overcome the devil today in Jesus' name. And you're going to have victory in the name of Jesus. You overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You have to tell people what Jesus is doing for you today. You have to tell them what the blood of Jesus Christ has done, how he set you free, how he restored you, how he healed you, how he forgave you. You're not that victim, but he, God is gonna give you a testimony that's gonna set other people free. That's, the, what I, what, that's what the true power of the overcoming power of the blood of Jesus Christ, what it does. Because when God sets you free, not only does he set you free, but he gives you a story to tell somebody else. I have, there are people here that used to be homosexual, but the Lord set them free by the blood of the Lamb. And today they are strong walking with the Lord and building family because of the blood of Jesus Christ. There are people here that used to be drug addicts, but the Lord set them free by the blood of the Lamb. And now not only are they set free, but they're walking with other people on their way to victory as well as in Jesus' name. There are people here that used to suffer from anger, but the Lord set them free by the blood of the Lamb. And now their testimony is that they have great peace and joy through Jesus Christ. Whatever you have fa faced yesterday is now your testimony because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray with all those that are watching and those that are here today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, before we take this communion together, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, it starts with a confession of faith and asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. And as you say this prayer, you will be born again. You will be saved. You will be brand new in Christ Jesus. If you are here today and you want to say that prayer with me and give your life to the Lord, or for those that are watching at home, say this prayer with us. And we're going to say it by faith, and we're, we're just going to, we believe that you will be saved, that you will be born again in Jesus' name. Close your eyes. Repeat this prayer out loud with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins.
Come inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. Jesus, thank you for your great love. I believe that I'm a son of God, that my sins have been washed away, that I'm born again. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, as we are part of the body of Christ, the Lord is welcoming us to the table of the Lord. And we take this communion. The bread represents the body of Christ. His body was broken so that our body is made whole. And so if you are sick today, as you take the bread, receive your healing in Jesus' name. Take and eat. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ, which washes all our sins away. Take and drink in Jesus' name.